Libertarian Voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. So we're in the last hour in the home stretch, and I uh, just wanted to acknowledge the death of Muhammad Ali. Our, uh, my family, I'm a big boxing family from way back. My brother was in the Golden Clubs. My grandfather was Panama Pat, U.S. Army champ <laughs> in Panama. And I, uh, I'm i probably going to date myself, but I do remember watching Muhammad Ali fights on the floor in my living room. It was a big, big event in my house. I was a very, very small child. But, uh, but I actually met Muhammad Ali once. My husband was doing business with him some i don't know what it was uh memorabilia thing and they asked me to bring lunch and ali ordered four burgers ate four burgers for lunch and he told me i looked like elizabeth taylor so i was a fan for life (laughs) i was a fan before but after that i was a fan for life i did question if his illness had been getting to his judgment but i took it i ran with it and uh we had uh a a moment of sadness this morning. My son's also a boxing fan. He's re- who's right now reading the story of Muhammad Ali by coincidence, and uh, you know, kids are. He was pretty, you know, genuinely saddened that uh, Ali had died. So, and he also Ali actually spoke at my commencement at Harvard, my graduation, and of course, you know, the people demanded that he entertain them, and they were like, "Oh, give us a poem! Give us a poem!" So the poem he gave was Me, We. That was it. And I liked it. So uh, say a prayer for Muhammad Ali. And right now I had uh, spent a lot of the show talking about the Libertarian Party, the nomination of Gary Johnson and William Weld as the ticket. And the fact that some real hardline mainstream Republicans are suggesting people vote for libertarians as a way to get the better of Trump, which, you know, is just laughable to think that uh, that's going to work. You should vote libertarian if you uh, believe in those principles. And if you want to vote for the party or, you know, regardless of the people they nominated, uh, that's your prerogative. If you want to actually like the people, then you're probably not a libertarian. But <laughs> Gary Johnson, I think, is a libertarian. But the William Weld thing is baffling. However, uh, I don't tell people how to vote. I don't even want to tell people how to think. But I, I, I want to, I like it when people think. And I'm happy to exchange ideas. So I've also opened it up to Ask the Libertarian. So you can call with any questions like that, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. And I'm an extreme libertarian. I'm an anarcho-capitalist. And I don't usually go out of my way to talk about that because I'm kind of on the thousand-year plan. People have to really wake up to the fact that 
what the modern state has become, this coercive monopoly with the right to steal and kill and, and legislate, regulate every aspect of our lives, has to be corrupt. It has to. It's always going to get corrupt. It's too much power. And that it's in their interest to keep us afraid, which means it's in their interest to keep us in danger, in actual danger, physical danger, danger of, you know, no peace and peace and prosperity are the enemies of the state. So uh, so just in the kind of very long term plan, I think that this modern state should go the way of uh, you know, slavery as a as a taboo that we just won't accept. But people have started to call. They want to talk about it. And I'm happy to talk about the the theoretical limits of anarcho-capitalism. And uh, I'm going to go to Steve in Alpharetta. Hi, Steve. You're on with Monica. Hey. So uh, I just want to start out first by saying I don't know what category of politics I fall under because I haven't found anything that strictly lines up exactly with uh, you know my beliefs. Uh, I'd say uh, I'm on the conservative side, but libertarian might not be far away. I don't. I, I feel like I bounce back and forth. But my question uh, pertains to this idea of um, well, rather, I, I'm kind of curious. I guess what would you know your opinion be on you know how we would be able to control things like gang violence um, and just violence in general, theft. I mean, it, you know, from what I'm understanding is that, you know, you want a lot less government, which I'm not opposed to that. Um, but, however, you know, we've got the police force that's, you know, controlled by the government, which essentially controls people, in my opinion. Um, and I'm all for less policing of the people, but at the same time, I feel like there is definitely a need for that. Yeah, I've actually, uh, I've given that a lot of thought, and uh a few things I, I've come up with that, that have pushed me over to where I can I can defend, you know, to myself. I'm not not saying I'm gonna win you over, but I can defend my argument in, in this way. That so that crime, if you look back, why do we even have, you know, what are the real crime problems that we have in this society and in a free society? And many, many, many of the crimes, and you talked about gang violence. The gangs, even the mafia, are created by government laws that try to control economic markets, black markets. So you have the drug laws, gun laws, prostitution laws, all these things that create crimes where really there would be no crimes. There would not be outsized profits. There would be no reason to have these organizations. And the reason they're violent is that if you're conducting a drug operation and somebody doesn't pay you, you can't go to the community. You know, if you if you believe in government, I'm talking about the courts. If you believe in volunteerism, I'm talking about the the uh, you know the tribunal or whatever. That you can't go to them because they uh, because you're doing something that they have decided was illegal. Then I would say another thing is the government itself commits so many of the crimes, so many of the crimes by uh, covering for. Uh, you know, even if it's just giving protection privileges to cert one industry over another, favoring one thing over another, tearing up railroad tracks to put down roads at the behest of the oil companies, you know, whatever it is, when the government starts interfering with that stuff, it creates problems. People don't recognize the justice. They have to go outside the system to make a living. If, if, you're, if your zoning law guy is corrupt, you have to bribe him or commit 
uh, an illegal act, you know, build something without zoning laws because of the actual corruption in the government. And then, so if you're just talking about what would be left, which would be pretty limited personal crime, I would say you're actually safer taking that into your own hands, having a gun. I mean, I've heard police officers tell me that if somebody's breaking into your house, if somebody's trying to attack you personally, you there's absolutely no way a cop could get there. You know, you're not actually going to get that. But if you had a gun or a bodyguard, which would cost a lot less than, uh, you know, if you shared it with a couple of neighbors, probably a lot less than you actually pay in taxes, then you could probably handle that. And that that police forces actually didn't even exist in the beginning that they of this country, that they were there to that really spontaneously people would rise up in the community to go after a criminal that they that the first police forces were actually there to catch escaped slaves because they really couldn't raise the population to do that they wouldn't do it because it's an unjust law so they had to have a police force to do it i mean so you have to i think you have to not accept what this situation uh that you see right now as is as what it would be like if you eliminated all this government power. Does any of that convince you at all, Steve? Well, I, I understand what you're saying, and a lot of it makes sense to me. I mean, even, you know, you mentioned Ron Paul a minute ago, and I was uh, really in favor of him um, when he was last trying to run for president. I was, you know, sorely disappointed that uh, even though he was getting the delegates, they ended up basically uh, making a new rule so that he couldn't yes. <laughs> be elected, which really... Really pissed me off. Yes. But um, anyway, well, I well part of it too, though, to me is is that I feel like we don't take enough of a focus on the fact that I, I mentioned gangs because yesterday I met a woman that uh, through my work that she had just moved to Atlanta from New York, and I said, well, what prompted the move? And she said, well, gang violence was a, a, a bigger issue. She was from uh, the Bronx, and she said that something had started out there that prompted this move called flashing. I guess it was something like that, is it where your initiation into a gang is you go up, find somebody randomly, just cut them across the face, a horrible act, and something you can't really be prepared for. I'm a gun owner. I carry a gun. Uh, but, I mean, if somebody just does that, most, you know, I might be able to get a shot off on them. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, the, my kind of like what you said, you got to go back to the core. Why are they stealing, you know, because they don't have money? You know, why are... They're getting guns, well, because they're worth more on black market, whatever it may be. But just sheer the just the idea of gangs in general um, seems to be more because of issues that people aren't taking care of in the home uh, because they feel like they need to belong to another unit. Well, and, and part of that which, was a deliberate, intentional effort in the 60s to destigmatize welfare in black communities. Blacks had uh, inner city. Uh, minorities had uh, lower divorce rates because they were, uh, you know, they were economically worse off. They were in the lower classes, and that—that's when you can't afford two separate homes. But by going in and giving them welfare, men were worth worth more, abandoning their families. And it—and so this is just an example of the perversity of government. How we have a conflict of interest with government, and and if you if you go back to those things, I. I really believe that the vast, vast majority of crime would simply not exist 
in a free society, in a society where self-defense was limited to self-defense and you could coordinate for that, but uh, that the government didn't go in there and screw everything up on purpose. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, more of your calls and Ask the Libertarian. After the break, this is Monica Perez. You maniac! You blew it up! Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. High today of 90. Tomorrow's high, a little cooler at 81. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And I've opened it up for Ask the Libertarian, but I also want to talk about the Libertarian Party and how people are going to vote this time around. It's quite an unusual election cycle. Trump doesn't feel like a real Libertarian, and the Libertarian VP, William Weld, doesn't feel like a uh, Trump doesn't feel like a real Republican. Libertarian William Weld doesn't feel like a real Libertarian. And I've seen people on the left say Hillary is a Republican and not in a good way. So uh, the whole system's upside down. I'm interested in anything you have to say. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. But we have, we were talking about libertarian issues. I'm an anarcho-capitalist, which means that ultimately I don't think that the government's uh, almost absolute right, really, effectively absolute right to steal and kill is, uh, is just, it's not working, and uh, I object to it. Let me take Eddie in Rootville. Hi, Eddie. You're on with Monica. Hey, Miss Monica. Hi in the world. Are you doing today? I'm good. I see what you uh, are going to talk about. So let me just refresh people. I had an earlier call where yeah. s- someone said, Yeah. And, uh, I'm a farmer. I got uh, six chicken houses in Rootville. And that's 120-something thousand chickens at one time. But before I could build those houses, I had to run three months in the paper that I was going to do it. And if any of my neighbors didn't like it or didn't want it, they wouldn't give me a permit. And they all said okay? Ma'am? Did you get the permit? Oh, I did, yes. It's been years ago. But uh, so he ain't got to worry about nothing. If he's already there and there's a hog parlor beside him, and he's gonna have to live with that. But if he's, if there's someone gonna move a hog parlor beside him, all he's got to do is read the paper every day, and uh, he'll find out about it, and then he'll, he won't have to worry about it. See what you're bringing up, Eddie. I really appreciate the call earlier. Said, "Oh, you don't want law. I don't. I do want law. I don't want the coercive monopoly state." having all the power and me having none of the power. I mean, when they can, you know, when they talk seriously about taking people's guns away, they are obviously taking away our power and not just protecting us. But this guy said, what if a pig guy wants to put a pig farm next door to you and you don't want it? How are you going to stop him by force? And I would say a couple of things. First of all, do you have the right to stop him by force? If you wanted that much margin between your house and somebody else's land, then you can buy that land or suffer the consequences of living in the world. Or if the pigs are making it noisy and smelly on your property, there certainly has been in common law, in just regular civil society with or without the coercive modern state, 
uh, recourse. They're not allowed to do that. And if they push back on you, you'll have your neighbors on your side. But here, Eddie is telling us that people aren't even pushing back on it. They said it was okay. Yeah, which, well, you know, you know, I've never had a complaint out of any of my neighbors. And I don't know if you can imagine how 126,000 chickens smell. <laughs> but in the in the summertime, in the fan of running, they will smell. And I've driven past on the highway. You can tell. I think it was the Purdue. It's just so huge. And you could just drive for, it feels like, miles and still smell it. What you are yeah. saying is what really, ultimately, it's a question of if people... Uh, you know, what people are really like, if people are reasonable. You sound like a reasonable guy. Would you have, if they objected, would you have made certain concessions? You Would you resent them for objecting? If somebody wanted you to buy their little piece of land, would you do it? I have, well, you know, I have to follow certain guidelines set up for me by the state uh, as far as disposing uh, of chickens. Yeah, but I feel like... Uh, you know, I don't. I don't have time to pick your brain on it, but I feel like you would do that anyway. You do, especially if the community pushes back on you. If you want their cooperation, you're gonna exercise that kind of courtesy. There are mechanisms that don't require SWAT teams. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Today's McDonald's weekend prize pack is a pair of tickets to see Journey and the Doobie Brothers in concert on June 8th at the Lakewood Amphitheater and a pair of tickets to see the Jerry Garcia Symphonic Celebration featuring Warren Haynes and the Atlantic Symphony Orchestra on June 24th at Chastain Park Amphitheater, produced by ASO Presents. So if you want that awesome prize pack, be the first to call 404-741-0750. But I am taking calls about libertarianism in general and this election specifically and it gets, uh, I really didn't think we would go down the road of speaking pure anarcho-capitalism. But if you want to know more about how I came to that and what my opinions are, I write a lot of more in-depth articles than we can get to on the air uh, on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. But uh, I'm just going to go straight to the calls for the rest of the show. Michael in Gainesville, you are on with uh, Monica. Hey, Monica, may the good Lord bless you and your radio ministry, and may the Blessed Mother watch over you and protect you. Right on. Thank you very much. Um, I personally feel, I always knew that Trump was going to be the nominee. I've always thought that for the longest time, we need, besides the norm of having a politician in the White House, I think what this country needs is a really successful businessman that has a plan that can actually move this country forward. I thought, um, as I think Trump is a breath of fresh air, I thought Herman Cain was a breath of fresh air until that ridiculous allegation about him and his wife. And I told him, I thought that he made the biggest mistake of his life by getting out of the race. He should have stayed in, fought it, and that would have shown people because people actually believe that he did that disgusting thing with his wife. And it's, I simply do not believe but, that. But, you know, uh, uh, think about your own, 
you have to be some kind of person to like put yourself out there for that kind of abuse. And it wasn't, I'm sure it was going to get worse, not better. I mean, I just, I feel like, uh, you know, a classy guy cannot, <laughs> can hardly tolerate that. It takes some kind of personality to stand up for this. And Trump obviously has, I mean, he literally reminds me of the old Star Trek episode. Like every time you fired the photon torpedoes on this thing, it got stronger. It basically ate the electricity that it was being fed. That's Trump. He like eats it up, which I haven't really addressed his nomination, his uh, his position as the Republican nominee uh, on its merits, on its face, because I can't help but feel that everything the media and the GOP has done to make it look like they're against him has really made him stronger. And I I think this thing is uh, is like a conspiracy. Personally, I think Herman Cain should have stayed in and fought, and I still believe he would have been made president. But what I would like to know is what's your honest opinion on Trump? Because personally, anybody would be better than Hillary in the White House. I got a German shepherd. I would be better than Hillary than the White House. So I, I'm, I would vote. Probably at this point, if the German Shepherd were on the ticket, I would vote for the German Shepherd probably above anybody in Washington right now because chances are he couldn't get anything done, which would be good. I guess uh, I will answer your question. I um, I agree that anyone would be better than Hillary or or anybody who's like Hillary. She is a, a product. He, she is a, beyond a product of the machine. She is now a mover of the machine the corruption knows no bounds i i don't i i don't think email gate which takes out the, takes away the concept of intent is as telling as this file gate thing where she collected people's files to manipulate them politically as first lady it's that kind of stuff it's the benghazi thing i don't think she wasn't there to answer the phone in the middle of the night. I think Chris Stevens knew too much. I mean, that's how bad I think that whole scene is. And if it, and her purpose is just like uh, Obama's, in my opinion, and and people on the right or the left who do everything they can to perpetuate the number one priority of the power elite of the globalist elite, which is this endless war for geopolitical purposes, to control secondary regions that aren't their own, you know, superpower uh, for just so they could basically control the world. And she's right there with them. And if Trump was for real and he got in, uh, I can't help but look back on the period from 1963 to 1981, an 18-year period that had six presidents. Four of them were removed from office or there was an attempt made to remove them from office. JFK, Nixon, Ford, and Reagan. So I have gotten to the point where I'm basically hopeless about anything operating within the system. I feel like the only hope at this point is if people stop believing that believing what the media says, believing what the government says, believing the stories you hear about why we need to have these endless wars, about uh, 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 people, why we need to have... A government that spends seven trillion dollars. All the governments of this country combined spend seven trillion dollars a year. I mean, it's not believable. Uh, jobs are lost. Why? Look at where government spends their research money. Look at how they foster things like robotics and stuff that's going to replace the American worker. The governments are doing that. If we just wake up to that, I don't think 
I think that's the only way we'll have a chance. I think anybody who's running, anybody who gets elected, either can't make a difference or will be stopped. And I know it's a cynical position. I'm open to argument. I'm going to Robin and Roswell. Hi, Robin. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. Well, you touched on a lot that I just wanted to, to kind of reiterate on it. I have um, the same feeling that this is much bigger than what we know. Ninety percent or more of the media is liberal, and um, that's TV, movies, um, uh, radio, online, everything, and they all have their agenda. And everything that people get is either a, per- a perception or a misperception, and right now it's more mess. Our economy is awful, and I think for people or voters out there, um, not just letting their conscience be their guide like a, a Jiminy Cricket, you know, um, use your cognitive power and take a step back and and think. Um, yes. What single issue is cognitive it power? Can, can I just emphasize that? Sorry, Robin. I just want to emphasize. I want you to get to your point. I just want to emphasize this: your cognitive power. I really feel like they go out of their way to make you think that you are incapable of assessing the truth of what's going oh, on. Yeah. So, yeah. so what's your punchline well, I mean, there? Why, why would we think any other way? Hillary Clinton has proven it, it, she has been caught. She has broken the law, and she's not being indicted. I think you she's, know, she broke now? the law for 25 years. She, I think she's many, killed people. In many ways. She's under investigation also for, for making her, her, now that she's a one percenter, she went around as um, Secretary of State to many countries getting money for the foundation, for the Clinton Foundation. So, but Robin, you were so going to say, server. use your cognitive ability. What was your punchline there to understand okay. what Hillary's yeah, order? Your, you know, t- take a step back, and if there's one single issue that can help both genders, it can help um, all races, it can help everyone, is that the economy, you know, who's going to be stronger? What party can we break through? Because just what you said, they've, they've tied our hands, they've, you know, trying to keep, to keep us, you know, down in position, and so we can't, so our really only hope is Trump. You know, and the only reason that I can think that would be because nobody wants him. He's anti-establishment. I think that's not true. CNN has given him billions of dollars of free advertising. Why would he do? Why would they do that? They're not stupid. They don't run round the clock. They put him on round the clock. Why would they do that? They're, because he sells. He brings them. But in CNN money. has never put has crazy, never put ratings. Everybody's first. kind of yes, yes. We, we want somebody. They know they want somebody that's anti-establishment. But you Why know, would they put up a libertarian. Why would the the um, Republican Party put a libertarian up? Why? Right but but you know that CNN has always put their agenda above ratings. I, I don't really know that. I think money sells. Well, when I you started, things that they they want they want Trump to listen. They want to they want to see this uh, San Jose um, scandal. You know, third world country protest. You know, with Mexican flags. But I have stuff, to ask you a question, Robin. Say, oh, well, you know, Trump's responsible. I really want to ask it you a question. Sells. You started. That's, that's the, all they play now. You started the conversation by saying the the media is you know, left biased and that kind of thing, I believe. And it's overwhelming. It gets you to chase your tail. And, yeah, we may be, it, you know, with, with Trump, you know, the, um, I guess if you know an economy, economist, Art Lasser, um, Larry Kudlow, 
Um, those are the people that he's talking with. Those are the yeah, people I'm that, not a big, um, I, I'm not sorry to cut you off, Robin. I've got a couple more calls I want to get to, but I am not a big fan of the kind of corporate economist of government intervention from the left or the right as promotion. I really am a hundred percent for economic liberty. I'm not, um, arguing with your position. I, I, I respect it. Uh, it's just, it's not my thing. I think economic liberty is the way to go, which would be, you don't need that much of a plan. You just need to get out of the way. I'm going to go to Tony and Marietta. Hi, Tony. You're on with Monica. Monica, I'll stay in the race as long as you do. Tony, uh, I you love doing? to hear your communications. Anybody who likes to, wants to talk to me offline, email me, Facebook me. Uh, I will stay in the race too, Tony. What you got for me? You only got a minute. Well, well first of all, Muhammad Ali was right. You do look a little bit like her. Uh, but, but first and foremost, let's go on with the, with the meat. The problem in America is most people cannot critical think. And I'll give you an example. When I was in school, I had government and social studies every year, from first grade all the way to 12th grade. Okay? The stuff that, that kids are taught now, they get one year of it. Yeah, that's what and, I think this STEM thing is. Like, people are like, oh, we need STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. I'm like, you know, beware. Because yes, what you really yes. want are kids who can know the liberal arts. Liberal meaning free men. Slaves were not allowed to learn the stuff you're talking about. And now they want to take it away from us, too. Exactly, they have. Exactly. So real quick, I'll make it quick. Go. I had a discussion with a guy from India who is a financial analyst for a large corporation. And he told me something that was quite funny. He said in the 70s, when we quit making American kids count change, they were laughing about it in India. He says, because they use count change to develop the skills for math, for higher math, and for critical thinking. And he says, if you can't critical think, you can't understand politics. And, it, you know, it was really quite what you're saying. It's just, I'm just trying to affirm what you just said. Yeah, that's very interesting because in law school, I was there with all, I went to Stanford Law School, all these people's parents were law professors, fancy whatever, and I had an innate ability to get to the meat of the matter. My father is a truck driver, but boy, did he teach us how to think critically, how to argue. He would talk to you and he wasn't promote he wasn't brainwashing us he wanted i mean it was almost instinctive that he would use the socratic method and uh, and it has served me well i never thought of it that way tony thank you very much wrapping it up after this uh 404-872-0750 time for one more call you can tweet at me at monica perez show it's a man a man monica perez on news 95.5 and am 750 wsb Monday, as the work week begins, the highest forecast to be 85, partly cloudy with a 20% chance of rain, but that could change. So stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And I have time for one more call, so I'm going to go to Bob in Gainesville. Hi, Bob. You're Hello, on Monica. Monica. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Good. What's happening? You mentioned earlier that uh, policemen telling you you need to protect yourself because the police couldn't get there soon enough to help you if you're in imminent danger. Well, at the Trump rally in San Jose last Thursday, there were long lines of police already there. But they didn't stop any violence that I saw. And I've watched countless phone videos on YouTube of citizens leaving that rally, and they were attacked by anti-Trump criminals. But not one intervention. I'm sure there were interventions. But of all the people with all those smartphones going not one of them seem to capture a police intervention to stop or deter the violence. Well, that's kind of interesting. I interrupt you for a second because that could be culling by the media to send 
some kind of message. And uh, and that police thing, though, there was also a uh, a ruling a while back. I forget the name of the court ruling where the police actually have no obligation to intervene. Well, yeah, I mean that that is, I believe it was all intentional. Apparently, the police were stationed there as scarecrows. But, you know, what was the cost to taxpayers for all those police and all the police cars which got beat on and the other equipment there? But the political machine uses controlled or engineered violence as part of their social engineering program, just as they use the schools and universities, the labor unions and the industrial news complex for social engineering. There's an unspoken question that they want to haunt us. And that question is, how much worse would the violence have been if the police hadn't been there? They use fear and greed to manipulate us in the short term. And agents provocateur. They will send people in there to trigger violence, and then it can spin out of control, genuinely. They appeal to man's lowest instincts and our appetites to uncivilize us. Our founders hoped that a limited government would allow man to attain a higher plane through faith and education. But the current government scoffs at genuine religious faith, and they've co-opted our educational system to shift our faith to the government itself. It's a very interesting point because we were talking earlier. Someone called and was like, "How you know? How are you going to control other people if you don't have this massive uh, force, entity of force?" And and my argument is, you know, are we animals? Do we really need to just be in a cage? If you think that we are, then we need more rather than less force. But the reality is that the government itself is creating, uh, is is actually making us more animalistic on purpose. Yes, I agree with you entirely. And, and I think the, like, how can the government stop these microaggressions? We've now <laughs> focused down so tightly on somebody's uh, feelings, it's all feelings-based, that the government is hopeless. They just said, we just have to give safe spaces, we have to censure people, we have to fire professors. I mean, it's gotten to where it's stupid. that Anybody can choose with any paraphernalia they want to go into any restroom they want because they're gender fluid. Well, maybe the idea is to make things so subjective that there is no right answer to anything. If there's no right or wrong, you certainly can't give these uh, haphazard individuals any power at all. You've got to put them in the on the treadmill and just make them go. Well, that's it for the for today. Uh, I didn't get to any of the uh, Ask the Libertarian emails, so maybe I'll do that the first show of every month. Let's do more Ask the Libertarian. Seems to generate some hot topics. In the meanwhile, talk to me on Facebook, on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, or Twitter, at Monica Perez Show. News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.